Good morning to you once again, Trinidad and Tobago. And if you're just joining us on Freedom 106.5 FM, this is Human Impact. And right now we step to Mr. Jody White as we celebrate World Food Day. Good morning to you. And this is Agri-Businesses Innovations. Good morning, Trinidad and Tobago. Welcome to another episode of Agri-Business Innovation. Today with us, we're going to be discussing World Food Day. And we have a few guests with us here today. We have, first of all, Anisha Beach, who is from the Youth Homestead Program. Yes, Eastern Agriculture. Great. Um, we have Miss Sharon Sargent, who is the acting head of communications for the World Food Day Committee. We have Miss Teresa Rosemont, director and chairman of the World Food Day Committee, and Miss Carrie Griffith who's a te technical coordinator for the aquaculture program. So thank you for joining us today on Freedom 106.5 FM. Thank you. Thank you so much. Morning. So my first question is, what exactly is World Food Day? Okay, so I know I, I would say this one, Sharon. So that is a very, it's a very good question. What is World Food Day? See that we have been celebrating this for over 150 years. So World Food Day um, is uh, normally observed on the 16th of October. But with the changing of the times, we realize that this cannot just be a one-day event. It has to be a yearly event, an annual event, which is what the World Food Day Committee tried to portray. So the World Food Day is really a platform to highlight challenges, um, anything to do with food production, distribution, access. And the most important part of this is that where we have to mobilize people to take action against things like hunger, malnutrition, food security. So it's more of the engaging of everyone to be conscious and to be aware that there are persons outside who are in need. But that is basically just of the World Food Day. So, I mean, we have a committee for this. So could you provide an overview of the committee for Trinidad Tobago and its role? So the committee we have in Trinidad is a cabinet appointed committee. It is a interministerial committee. We have persons from, um, that is on your set right now, which is my DNS, Ministry of Youth Development. We have persons from Consumer Affairs, from NAMDEFCO, from the Ministry of Education, um, specifically the 4H, which is an integral part in the Ministry of Agriculture. We have is a varied of different um, members make up the community. So our role basically is to ensure that there is some level of awareness as it pertains to hunger, malnutrition, um, climate issues in Trinidad. We also have our counterpart, this is Trinidad and Tobago. So the committee that we are part of also include THA. It's part of this community. So how, how large is this committee? And I mean, you mentioned THA. Who are the other members of then of the committee? So the other members I said would have been Ministry of Education. We have NAMDEFCO. There is um, also the Consumer Affairs. We have FPO. Um, they are basically our financiers. And uh, it's about seven or eight persons. We have Community Development. And then we have other persons who are even now trying to be part of the community com committee, which is the World Food Program. 
they are asking to be part of our committee. She's about eight, eight members from TUSPA. Now, I mean, I'm seeing here that youth is one of the focal points for developing food in general in Trinidad and Tobago and with us we have some people here from the youth program as well. I, I want to yes. know what has been the response by the youth in getting an increased involvement in food production? Okay, so I'll take that question. Good morning. Yes, um, so at the Ministry of Youth Development and National Service, we have uh, a youth and agriculture initiative that inc incorporates three major programs. That's the Youth Agricultural Homestead Program, the Youth Aquaculture Project, as well as the Youth Shade House Project. These projects um, basically take three, 200, well, 400 students, 200 for Youth Agriculture Homestead and 100 per cohort for Shade House and as well as aquaculture. Overall, by 2025, we aim to produce 1,500 ag agri-entrepreneurs. However, the response to these programs thus far has been remarkable. Over, over the period of when we put out the um, request for people to apply to these programs, we see an increased interest every single time. So for instance, we have had when we, um, for the Youth Agriculture Homestead Program, you'd have over 14 to 1500 applicants, as well as, and it mirrors the aquaculture as well as Shade House Project, each time we would have put out um, advertisements. So the interest is there. The youths are very actively aware of what it takes and they want to become part of the agri-entrepreneurial space. You know, for a long while there has been a thought that food production is falling because parents are getting older and they want their kids to be in easier jobs or what is determined as being higher paying jobs. So out Definitely. from the fields into oil and gas. These kids that now come into food production do you think it's their choice? Is has food production become more attractive, or is it because it's it's just a way out of the situations that they're in? I think I honestly think it is a myriad of um, different issues that you would have highlighted there. The there's a, there used to be a stigma, especially with my generation. There was a stigma attached to people who were involved in the agricultural industry, and there was the belief that your parents would send you to school to be built to enable you to get a nice comfortable job while your grandparents are the ones who are working in the fields etc and i think because of the the global economy that exists right now there's an increased awareness of the importance and the value of agriculture there's an increased awareness of the profitability of the agricultural industry and the younger generation they are realizing that there is the the trade or the the um, career of the uh, within the agricultural industry is something that is a high priority, and it isn't anything negative or it isn't anything to be looked down upon. So there's there's a shift now, and the there are a lot of young people who are not academically inclined by the traditional sense who in the past felt as though there was nowhere for them to go or nowhere for them to turn to. But now that they understand that the skill that they can acquire is something beneficial, this is an avenue where they can go to and be quite successful. So Ms. Rosamond and Ms. Sargent, I want to know, uh, uh, what activities are we looking at this year for World Food Day? Okay, so I just want to go back. I endorse everything that Ms. Sargent said. 
I also want to add that the when you ask about youth in agriculture, remember the youths that we have now, they are different caliber altogether when it comes to IT. So we have persons who would have done, um, if you want to go to the academic type, they would have done certain um, programs like in engineering. So the thing is to work smart, you know, like some person believe that agriculture was very hard, it's hard work. But the youth these days, most of them, they work smart in that they, they utilize the resources that they have to do agriculture that is probably more techni, more techno, when you talk about vertical farming and all those things. Okay, but to the question that you asked with respect to the programs that we have, um, for this year, um, World Food Day, we have a few programs well planned. We would have completed two already, which is the Plant Torch and the Tobago Run. So I could just interject with respect to the Plant Torch. So the Plant Torch, we try to involve a lot of the youths. Obviously, the youths are involved in the Plant Torch. We engage the schools. They would have gotten their persons via the 4-H club to be part of this program. And the thinking with the plant torch was to have the children have some level of responsibility. So they were given a plan that they have to nurture for a certain period, basically about two weeks. And at the end of that period, the plant is removed and carried to another school. So we had about 20, we had 15 schools participating this year, which would have been the primary schools and some secondary schools, like seven, six, somewhere around there. Okay, so that is one way of engaging the youth to be active and to be aware in um, World Food Day. We have other activities coming up. Uh, we have the art competition, we have a jingle competition, all that is geared towards the youth, especially in the school system. We have um, prizes to be given and received. So this program is going to happen later on in the year, God's willing where we're gonna be, the, the kids are gonna be judged on the artwork and the jingles, the creativity that they come up with. We have coming up soon, we have what we call our Food Heroes. This is happening on Saturday the 21st at Sapa Namdefko Farmer's Market. It starts from six and finishes around 12. The Food Heroes, we realize that the persons, our Food Heroes, which is persons who do agriculture either in an innovative way we realize that they are not fully acknowledged. So the committee, um, in our meeting, we decided, listen, we have to honor our food heroes. So this is going to be happening at Nam Defo on Saturday, um, Sapper Grounds. We have other activities coming up, which is the empowering of communities. Our first community will be the Rincon, what we call our Rincon Initiative. We're going to start with that community first. That is happening on the 25th which is next week, Wednesday. So this will take the form of a mini expo and it's basically a call to action for the small farmers in that area, the Las Cuevas, um, Rincon area, the North Coast, to be part of this mini expo. We have a lot of other stakeholders gonna be involved in that. We're gonna have a lot of demonstration, best practices. We're gonna be teaching persons or highlighting how we could do agriculture in a smart way. And I should mention that the team for World Food Day is water is life, water is food, leave nobody, nobody behind. And all this is in keeping with the team. Now you mentioned a lot of interesting things. And yes, as, as a parent, I always hear other parents saying, you know, we need some 
form of entertainment or something to do with our kids and you've mentioned quite a lot of things there so far and i know we haven't even gone into everything is no. there an area that people could go to see a list of the activities that they could participate in or go to just visit on the ministry's webpage and also i believe my dns all the committee members um which make up the the committee they will have had posted on their webpage upcoming activities as it relates to world food day okay so we could put a calendar of the activities that we have planned so persons will know where to go when and the time and if they need to get more information how that can be achieved no i have miss griffith here with us and miss griffith you deal a lot with aquaculture and i've seen the emergence of of course regular land farming and then i've seen the development of hydroponics aquaculture is still on the rise in terms of food production could you tell us a little bit about what is happening from your sector okay so globally aquaculture is considered to be one of the fastest growing um food production sectors however locally we are still trying to build that culture right Aquaculture has the potential that it is not only it requires a limited amount of space, it conserves water, it reduces the amount of waste, as you, could, as you said, it can be used for the growth of different plants. And also, it is necessary in the face as our global fishery systems are currently under collapse. And this will allow for natural fisheries to generate. So under the MyDNS, we launched in June the Youth Aquaculture Project. And under this project, we are training, as Ms. Beach would have mentioned, we are currently have a cohort of 100 persons, and we intend to take a next cohort of 100 persons um, in 2024, right? Um, after, upon completion of this program, this person will receive a certificate from the University of the West Indies in tropical aqua, sorry, aqua, aquaculture <laughs> production and management, and they will also give, be given the opportunity to form cooperatives they will also be given business support and guidance from the CDD, NAMDEVCO, and NEDCO. And in the end, they will produce a strong batch of agri-entrepreneurs geared towards the aquaculture industry. Now, aquaculture, I mean, people like to think of tilapia alone. What other items could people, I mean, do in aquaculture? Okay, so under the focus of our program, we will be focusing on, as I said, tilapia, cascadoo, um, brackish water shrimp, and conch. So, and after this, after they are trained to breed rare and harvest these um, fish species, aqu aquatic species, sorry, they will be given training in seafood processing and production. So they have a full value chain that they could provide to the market. That's that's actually quite interesting. I, I want to know who funds the World Food Day program activities. Okay, so money is received from the FAO, uh, Food and Agriculture Organization. So they give us a, well, it's just typing, but they give us some money to ensure that the activities we do are achieved. We also get um, sponsors because I would have said before that the committee is made up of. Um, government and non-government um, bodies. So they would also provide some level of sponsorship. Um, we also do like fundraisers to get um, funds 
um, based on the activity that needs to be achieved. I'm 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 saying something here. Mm-hmm. That's food heroes. Um, I, I want you to tell me a little bit more about what this food heroes exhibition is. Okay, so food heroes, and Sharon could interject here also. So the food heroes, as I said earlier, um, we find that a lot of persons who are involved in agriculture, um, youth, um, women, we talk about gender, empowering women, they don't get the kudos, I believe, that they are deserving of because these guys, they work so hard to achieve what they have to, and they have a lot of limitations that they will experience in even providing food, as you say, for the nation. So the food hero is basically where we um, acknowledge and we stand in solidarity with the persons who are involved in agriculture. We are having this program on Saturday, as I said, at Sapa um, from six in the morning in the farmer's market. That is Namdefco Sapa um, in collaboration with Namdefco, which is also a, a member. So that would be on Saturday from nine, from six in the morning to midday. I think we expect about 50 or Sharon, you can interject here. The sergeant. So we have some booths available. Um, so persons are, are, are invited to come and experience what these heroes have to showcase. So it's either value added products. We're gonna, as if the team is what is food, what is life. We're gonna show some innovative ways of how water could be um, utilized without wastage. We're talking about hydroponic system. We're talking about different types of irrigation systems that persons um, will have access to to learn even how to build. So it's, a, it's more like an educational teaching. Um, the persons who come, our food heroes, they will have the option to sell some of the produce that they have. That is why we are encouraged, encouraging persons to come out and support. So we have persons who will be doing oils, we have persons who will be doing flakes, um, even using things like um, orange peel and making that into a powder. We have Namdefco will be highlighting some of the dehydration processes that they do and they would um, distribute. So it, it's an exciting, it will be an exciting day and I'm hoping and praying that everybody come out and actually support these persons who are involved in that level of agriculture. Well, sounds wonderful. Okay, we're gonna, gonna get to a quick commercial break and when we get back, we'll resume. Now, one of the projects I worked on recently, we examined the role of women in the agricultural chain. And we found that women are usually present in post-harvest, in marketing, in agro-processing, or uh, managing the finances, or even in the fields. They, they do not necessarily the back-breaking jobs, but they would typically do the jobs that men might not be as careful with. So we're talking about uh, planting seeds carefully in the right distances apart. They found that men weren't doing that properly. Women did a better job. Miss Beach, I- I'm curious. The homestead and the agricultural programs we have locally for youth, what is the involvement of women? To what extent are you seeing women and young girls coming to be part of it? Oh, the involvement is remarkable, actually. So we have... In the Youth Agricultural Homestead Program, it's almost a 50-50. In one cohort, it's about a 60-40 balance where the young ladies actually outnumber the young men. 
during the we had one cohort who would have finished their first component would have been their certificate in agriculture and agro processing technologies at the university of trinidad and tobago and we had a valedictorian who was a female and she's involved in the field of beekeeping and and honey production and we had some of the outstanding participants thus far were young women these young women are being they are involved in all levels of the process so they're not only part of post post harvest or they are involved in in roles that are not typically or traditionally female in both shade house and aquaculture we have also seen that as well the young ladies i would say are quite aggressive in this field they are very um they are seeing this as a, a means to feed their family and pro provide a legacy or produce a legacy for their for their future generations so they are no longer just standing back and letting the young men um take the take front and then they are supporting no they are neck and neck with the young men in this industry miss roseman and miss sergeant in, in your meetings and your planning um to what extent do you try to uh, create programs that encourage more female involvement in, in food production? Okay. So just a, a slight correction there. Miss um, Sargent, she is a committee member under the MyDNS. We have Miss Beach and Kerry. So Miss Sargent is not on the system. Um, I'm not seeing her name coming up there. So just myself, Ms. Beach, and Kerry are part of this conversation. But I should mention that we have a lot of collaboration with other um, committee members with their ministries. And even within agriculture, we have the Extension Training and Information Services Division. And from what we have seen is that we have a, always a higher percentage of women coming forward for training and as Ms. Beach would have rightly said, they don't come for the normal type of activities. They will come for training for even things that we would more expect men to want to learn how to do. So I know in, um, supposed to happen sometime next week, there's a group of women from Cunningham. It's about 25 or 30 of them. And they are going to be learning how to operate small machine. Um, how to maintain the machinery, how to um, deal with the pumps that they use, they need to get water from the water source into their premise. So the women that the women are very innovative, and I keep saying that um, their numbers are always increasing because they understand the purpose. You know, I did. And a, they do everything. I did a course recently on small engine repairs through the Ministry of of agriculture Perfect. and half of the class was women yes they yes. are really <laughs> I was really interested in that <laughs> aspect i a woman was saying you know i my waka does this and my waka does yes. that and, and then she said i change the spark plugs and i change the carburetor and yeah. you know the men in the class were like wait you do that yeah. yes we learn to do that you know so we do it very proudly too and one yes. of the things we found as well is that women did a better job at measuring and applying pesticides in fields a man might quicker average and we found that women will quicker be the ones to actually use a measuring cup and make sure it's the correct amount you know <laughs> so the wo woman's role in agriculture i think is extremely it's extremely important yes definitely yeah. 
Yes, it is. But I don't know the men will appreciate you say that the women are better in doing this thing. Huh? <laughs> but you know, a lot of the places that you go, the men say, listen, I just want to go in the field and I just want to do this. She is the mm. boss. She handles the money and <laughs> she take care of everything. That's a whole different subject area. <laughs> Let me go into that, <laughs> that, that area there. No, we, we're talking as well about, you know, education curricula. Very, very important. Uh, what what so is happening said, there? Okay, so with respect to the education part, I say we do a lot of collaboration with um, other divisions within the Ministry of Agriculture and ETS being one of them. So I know for a fact that they have a lot of courses over 34 subject areas and you get a lot of persons coming online. We do the courses either online, face-to-face. -face. We, we start doing the courses asynchronous where you can do the course at your own convenience because we realize a lot of persons, they just don't have the time to come to a session that we have starting from 8 to 10. So now we're offering the opportunity where you can actually stay in your own domain and do a course with us. We try to encourage persons um, from foundation to finish. So if you do a course, um, whether it be, um, say, like planting tomato or something, that we teach you also how to market, because we offer agribusiness and marketing course for persons who even want to do value-added agriculture. So we teach persons how to do new and innovative, um, to use innovative technologies to achieve the objective. So the thing now should be think smart or work smart, not hard. And there are ways that you could do that and still be comfortable in Trinidad. Ms. Rosemond, for people who are hearing this discussion and thinking, World Food Day is for farmers and people directly involved in food production. What is the importance of the average citizen to pay attention to what is happening here and get involved in this? So World Food Day is not just for the farmers. It is basically for every single person. So persons are taught or they should be made aware of how to utilize the resources that they have without wasting. Too often we find um, food, even in the fields, like when a farmer produce and he does not sell all his food, all the produce, a good bit of it is wasted. So we have to find new ways of capturing that food and distributing that food to persons who are really in need of the food. So I'll say somebody might plant, say, a field of cabbage, but you might probably have about 5% or 2% staying on the ground, and it stays there and rot. So we have to find ways whether, um, and that is where the committee will come in too, where we do our networking and we see how best we could facilitate persons to actually capture some of the food that is left for waste. Um, I just like okay, to... Uh, just, just one way. I just like to add to what Mr. Rizman was saying that the the theme of this year's World Food Day is what is life, what is food. And I think that that is important as well to the average citizen, to everyone, to know that we, the wastage of water, I mean, we live in a, a country especially where we're so relaxed with our rates and whatnot. I mean, I know people are clamoring for their water production sometimes on a daily basis, but they have to understand how finite the water resource is and how important and impactful it is when we're looking at food production and food security and food, everything related to food. So tying in water 
and how important it is, I think, will also resonate with someone who is not in the food industry. It's just an average citizen will understand that that is highly impactful. Miss Beach and Miss Griffith, you brought up uh, uh, something there, um, climate change. To what extent uh, do the programs that are taught uh, take into consideration the effects of climate change? So, for example, with our program, the Youth Aquaculture Project, our lecturer in particular that is delivering the course, he specializes in tropical aquaculture production and management. So he's doing his whole doctorate is geared towards adapting aquaculture to our climate and to the effects of climate change. It, the systems vary because some systems allow the quicker evaporation of water and these sort of things. So especially in the heat, these, the, the heat that is currently being, that Trinidad is being affected by, we need to adapt all of our systems and be more considerate and pay more attention to temperature, temperature, pH, and all these factors that will affect the growth and productivity of our fish species and our aqua various aquatic species and find the most adaptable species as well. And this come in, comes in with the breeding and the rearing as well. Yes, and within the Youth Agriculture Homestead um, program, we also have within their theoretical component, they are learning about more environmentally friendly ways to produce harvest um, their produce. Additionally, we are looking at partnering with CZIT, which is a climate, I'm not sure if you're familiar with CZIT, which is a climate um, a climate friendly initiative and climate smart, they are dealing with climate smart agricultural technology. So we're looking at ensuring that, in, um, ensuring that the participants know about increasing food production, absorption of carbon emissions, um, employment generation, and reduction in, reduction in the food imports. Um, so the, uh, the CZIT training will assist the students in learning more about climate smart initiatives. Miss Rosemont, you know, a few weeks ago, we brought a guest who is a space farmer. Mm -hmm. And he is actually in charge of a lot of the experiments that happen on the International Space Station. And okay. one of the reasons I brought him is because something you touched on earlier is that even though you may not have a career specifically involved in food production, it does not mean that you cannot work in the field of food production. And take, for instance... Okay. He had to work in many cross-functional teams, which involved physicists who had to create special LED lights. And all these different you know, fields of expertise actually come together under food production. It's not just mm -hmm. people in a field, people in labs. Yeah, that's why I say I had to work smart, not hard. Because I know persons who are not in Trinidad, and they can actually produce... Um, in Trinidad, but the outer Trinidad, there is this guy, I think he's somewhere in one of the Africa, not Kenya, one of those places, and he has a business, I think he does vertical farming, but he could control the environment inside a closed space. So he's working smart, but you don't have to be around. Okay? So I, I should mention, well, that is a very vital point, that um, persons are using technology to produce and it could be very profitable in the long run. So you work smart. But even when we speak about, um, when we talk about educating consumers, when I'm saying like world food is not just for um, farmers or persons involved in agriculture, when we talk about the consumers, 
they themselves have to be taught about the importance of just planning a meal. Because I'm going back to the wastage of the food huh? and prop and storing the, 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 the food properly and understanding the labels. So all these things help to reduce waste, even inside your household. So I made reference to wastage in the field, but I'm talking about wastage now in the home. And this is what World Food Day is basically speaking about, where everybody takes some level of responsibility of managing um, the food. Now, as we speak about this and the population, you always hear grumbling, things are getting more expensive or they're not getting things that they want. World Food Day, this committee and its members, the steps that are being made to encourage people to grow their own food at home, even just some supplementation of it, what is happening in that aspect? Okay, so the gist of everything, it always comes down to education and training. So as I've said um, in another um, program, is that some persons will say, okay, they cannot produce or they don't have the space. So where training is concerned, in collaborating with other um, bodies, we could have persons come and teach you during an outreach program where you can utilize whatever you have available to produce your own food. So say you have your business. We could teach you how you could use containers to plant and harvest. We could teach you how to create a hydroponic system that doesn't take up much space, but use water that is managed to get your own food. So there are so much things that you could do. So persons should not be hungry for food because there are so much ways that you could produce your own. And then you know when you produce your own, you know exactly what you eat. So grow what you eat and eat what you grow. So there are avenues where we actually we teach you how to be more proactive in getting your own food. Well, I have a backyard, and for whatever reason, things don't grow in it. I, I planted a coconut tree about four years ago, and it's still one foot tall. So <laughs> you so you are telling me that there are programs that we could look out for in, in this fair of training at a lot of different places that could help me understand how to be a better farmer in what yes. resources I have available. And I keep making reference to the Extension Training and Information Services Division because they have the mandate for training um, in the Ministry of Agriculture. As I say, we collaborate with other entities, other bodies. So we have, um, we collaborate with the University of the West Indies. We even have some foreign partners, um, universities, um, foreign, that they also assist in um, empowering persons when it comes to growing your own and doing it in a smart way. Miss Peach, do you ever see participants of this, of your program? whose parents or family members might be farmers and they now learn modern ways of agriculture and are now taking that knowledge back to their family farms and improving it? Yes, yeah, some of them have stated that they are, this is an entirely different realm of agriculture that they are learning here and they are actually applying it to their farms at home or their production at home. So, yes, they are. They are blown away by what they are learning. And, uh, of course, they are learning from each other, too. We have 200 participants per cohort, and it's a wide age range between 18 to 35. So they are learning from each other and networking with each other. And, with the, of course, the help assistance of NAMDEFCO, much like Ms. Rosemar would have stated, 
We also collaborate with other entities. So Namdevco would have taught them some more um, efficient um, practices, good agricultural practices as they, as they were engaged in that training that they are also applying to their own businesses. Miss Griffith, the application of, of aquaculture in a backyard, we're always talking about growing seasoning, Shadow Benny and Sive. What about supplementing the proteins and all that? Is, is aquaculture also available for people to implement in their backyards? Yes, it is, because aquaculture, as you mentioned, it is not space intensive and it requires reduced amounts of water. So it, yes, it can be done in the backyard and it can be connected to the various hydroponic systems so you get the benefits of both uh, your aquatic species and your proteins from your fish, your shrimp, your conch, and then you can pair it with your vegetables and then you could have a whole entire system that doesn't require large amounts of input from you and then you could really basically produce your whole food system for your household. You know, Miss Rosemont, I, I dabble with, with hydroponics, just a, a hobby, you know, wanted to try to grow something as I tell you, I fed up with the backyard. Mm -hmm. And in a system that cost me about a thousand dollars to build, I literally grew so much lettuce I had to give away to everybody around <laughs> us. It That's was nice. not that bad. So no, it's not. I, I think World Food Day and the activities are extremely important. And there is one specific thing that I want to say is that you always hear comments of people saying that nothing is being done to further food in general. But from what I'm hearing from all of you is that there is a lot that is being done. It's just that we are now trying to increase the awareness of what is happening Definitely. and the involvement of the public. Um... To me, is, uh, I would say, damn if you do, damn if you don't. A lot of work is being done. I think some persons, they just like being naysayers because they themselves don't want to do. And that is my personal thing. <laughs> so we have a lot of training being offered and it is being advertised. And people choose, some persons will rather complain than to pick up the phone or to tell somebody if they are not savvy with the IT, like your phone or a, com a laptop or computer, to hook them up with a training session or talk with persons in a constructive way to better themselves. So it's have the bright ones will actually go out and get the information and then they will plant in their container, they will plant in the pipes, in the tubes. They could do different types of vertical farming that utilize not much water, not even soil. So we do a lot of training, but just that some persons choose to be negative versus being positive. You know, before we go to our commercial break, I, I want to tell a little story. I, I am involved in food production. I, 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 my factory is actually the largest root crop processing factory in Trinidad, right? I didn't have a background in agriculture at all. My background is management and finance. And before I got into this business, I went to a business mentor that I had, and he told me, never get involved in agriculture in Trinidad unless you want to go poor. He said, don't go into agriculture at all. You will never find your way in Trinidad and Tobago. And I didn't listen to him. And I'm happy <laughs> that I never did because... We've done so much in the food space. We've created products. We've sold products abroad. We've, we've done so much, and we've been able to accomplish so much. And, and I'm, I'm not paid to say this. I want to say this up front. 
There is a lot of infrastructure that is available for the citizens of Trinidad and Tobago to utilize to grow their business and themselves. Definitely. If yeah. they pay attention. Exactly. Yes. I <laughs> would have gone through Export TT very early, who provided me with grant funding, training to help me further my business. Further from that, I involve people from the Ministry of Agriculture, Ms. Usman, who works in the research division. Hey, help me with this in cassava, help me with this mm -hmm. in sweet potato. And they've all been very, very willing and well, mm -hmm. yeah, accommodating and open. And now yeah. I actually, I've, I've started helping the Ministry of Research to help them do work on the, the cassava varieties in Trinidad. So, you know, sure. there is a lot of people pay attention. There are a lot of incentives that if you want to get involved in food, produ food production, you have a piece of land and it's too expensive. There mm -hmm. are incentives that we brought people on the program before to say, listen, if you want to grade down your land, you could get money back. If you want to buy a tractor, exactly. you could get money Definitely. back. <laughs> yes. So the infrastructure yeah. is there, right? You just have to learn and you just yes. have to use it. It's not hard to access at all. No. No, it's not. You know, so some just choose not to. Yeah. So I want to jump into a quick commercial break, and then when we get back, we're gonna continue this discussion. Now, I want to know what are the outcomes that we expect coming out of these activities. Okay, so we're hoping that persons, all the activities that were mentioned, that they will be more empowered to want to make a difference in how they provide food, how they stop wasting the limited resources that sometimes exist. So it's more to create that awareness. So persons will know in moving forward um, the opportunities that exist. For people who, a lot of young people want to go into business and they don't know what. Do you think these activities could inspire people to get ideas and learn of avenues? Of course, um, even what my DNS is offering with the shade house system, those are avenues that a young person getting in or anybody who wants to get into a program could be um, could be sustained. And most of the discussions we have had, when we talk about climate resilience, where we try to focus because of all the climate change that is happening right now, persons are learning how to to focus on climate smart type agriculture when you talk about your vertical farming and your hydroponics and those things are not difficult to set up yeah but the up the opportunities are there the training is being offered the educating um, of the general public it is being dealt with in a lot of different bodies so it's not that we don't have systems in place what miss beach was just telling me is that the homestead program was actually launching a part-time program for people who are actually you, you may involved in other school activities or work she was saying there's a part-time program coming up yes yeah, so we already have one part-time cohort that would have started training in february 2023 however we are also in the process of launching another part-time cohort that will begin in february 2024 so the application pro process so that will begin in the mid-november of this year so we noticed that there was, when we began with the full-time cohort, there were a lot of young people who are actively engaged or actively in interested in the field of agriculture, agri-entrepreneurship, who could not be part of this program because the training is an intensive 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. program. So we would have offered a part-time option where they train virtually during the week from 5 to 8 p.m. and they come in on weekends at the EKF Centeno campus 
uh, from on Saturdays and Sundays. And it is a remarkable program. It is a lot of information, but they are really interested in being part of it. I think that coming out of this, we'll actually uh, ask Miss Beach and her team to come back to give us some more information on that program to get youth in agriculture. For those of you here who are parents who have kids who want access to this program, I think it's something good to consider. Yes, we are very willing to come back because there's so much to talk about. And we have programs that even go to the age of 16 to 35. So we would love the opportunity to come back and explore more, especially when um, Ms. Rosemont would have spoken about Climate Smart Initiatives. We didn't really expand much on the Youth Agriculture Shade House Project, which would give some more insight in how we are treating with or becoming more climate resilient. Ms. Rosemont, for our listeners who may have tuned in to us a little bit late, and we're talking about World Food Day, can we quickly go over again this discussion of what is World Food Day this committee that has put together um, some of the activities uh, that are happening? Okay, so World Food Day, as I said, involves every single one of us where the thinking is to bring zero hunger at the end of the day. The World Food Day Committee, we have a lot of programs planned um, this week into um, next week and for the rest of the year. So one that is happening this Saturday will be the Food Heroes, which will be at Sapa um, San Fernando at the Farmer's Market, Namdefco Farmer's Market, from 6 to 12 noon. The other activity that we are having is the, um, the Rincon Initiative, which is empowering communities. And the Rincon Initiative is the first of that um, thinking where we try to engage the community with the team, what is life, what is food, leave nobody behind, where they will be showcasing some of the initiatives that they themselves have been um, putting together in making themselves more sustainable. Okay, so the aim of the initiative is to bring the farmers together, um, the stakeholders, um, to teach them sustainable practices, to see the innovation that they themselves have come up with, and that others would learn um, based on what they are seeing that other persons are doing. And this is going to happen on the 25th of October from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Rincon Community Center. So there are going to be a lot of displays and there are going to be a lot of giveaways. So there are a lot of family-friendly activities yes. surrounding this World Food Day. And, and, and where can people go again, to find more information on these activities so that they can bring their families to participate in. Okay, so this will be posted on the ministry's um, web page, their Facebook page, uh, Ministry of Agriculture page. The committee members would have had flyers where they would post on their page. So the communication arm will be posting these activities also. So there are a lot of avenues, venues, where person could actually see the information. Okay, so this has been Agribusiness Innovation. I want to thank all guests who have given us so much information on these activities, and I would really urge our listeners, get involved. It's interesting. It will greatly benefit you. I mean, it's food, so, you know, it's, it's something good. It's wholesome for the family. Uh, tune in next week. We'll have another episode of Agribusiness Innovation. <laughs>